On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are talking with our colleague, our brand new colleague, Charlotte Wilder, who uh, just signed on with Fox Sports Tate. She, we, we work with her now. She is internet famous. She is quickly becoming real life famous. We have a very special show. We talked to her for a very long time. We all get along well. So the, the, we, 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 we had her on. Yeah, we had her on to interview her for like 30 minutes. And then uh, we were like, yeah, let's keep the party going. Among the things we talked about, her... Her start in sports media, as a woman in sports media, uh, got to frame it like that. We, we love uh, – <laughs> women in sports media love being told that they're women in sports media. Uh, no, we, it, it, was, it was fascinating hearing, hearing how she got to, to Fox, how her, her, her path here, um, just kind of her thoughts on the industry as a whole. And then we also did a top five draft of things from the 1990s, Tate. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And if you're asking yourself, be more specific, Mark. Don't, I can't, don't. I can't. Yeah, yeah, no, I can't. Keep it open-ended. We wanted the entire decade. We wanted people, places, and things. And we wanted to figure out what really stuck with us from the 90s because we are all we all lived through the 90s. Yep. We're all now current media people that are weirdly on Twitter and deal with all these sorts of things. So mm-hmm. it's someone that is similar to us. And, and Charlotte reached out a few years back, said that she was a fan of our old podcast, One Shining Podcast. And mm-hmm. I was confused as to why. So that was when the relationship sort of started. And then three years later, we're all colleagues. So we're all colleagues. We had her on. It's, it's uh yeah, she, she gets along great with us and we, we, we really enjoyed uh, talking with her. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed as much as we do. We also going to hit some, uh, some news and notes around the world of, of sports. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, one of 12 number one recruits in the country, Tate has decided he's going to the G league. We'll touch on that a little bit, maybe do a little bubble watch, see what else comes up. But first, Woody Durham. It takes a timeout. All right, say before we get to Charlotte, uh, positive vibes only. Let's keep it yep. rolling. Um, big news in the world of the world mm. this week. Uh, vaccine? Maybe? Possibly. Possibly. Could it be? Positively saying, yes. If, if, if we're doing positive vibes only, I don't want to hear about the, like, we still have to do all these trials, and yep. yeah, but is this going to work? And, like, we can't even get people to put on masks. How are we going to get people to... All that might be right, but positive vibes only. I see two headlines this week. Mm-hmm. One says the first vaccine tested in the U.S. boosted immune systems in all patients. Another right. one says, and this is that one got my attention. I was like, all right, here we go. I did. I cue the John Rostein quoting he, the late Heath Ledger in the Dark Knight, circa 2008, and here mm-hmm. we go. And then the follow-up. There's a headline that says UK COVID-19 trials show that the Oxford vaccine could offer quote double protection against the virus. So. Double it up, baby. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah, who would have thought that we, we would be double strapped in this type of period of time? I should mention, uh, sometimes double protection isn't always the answer and can actually, you know, the friction can cause a problem. So be, I, I hope they know what they're doing. I hope the UK knows what they're... <laughs> yeah, don't put that headline out there without knowing what it means. So to celebrate this and also in solidarity with uh, Jordan Clarkson and Royce O'Neal Tate are mm-hmm. continuing the trend of shotgunning beers at the, in the NBA bubble. I'm feeling in a good mood. Coors Light is a sponsor. They sent me some beers. I'm holding up. I don't have. Yes. Did I do the label out like? Uh, you got it. Yeah, you. <laughs> you can see it. You can see the 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 sunglasses that they put it. The sunglasses turn blue. The mountains turn blue too. I want to start the show in solidarity with with the boys in the NBA bubble mm-hmm. and, cel- and in celebration of maybe possibly having a vaccine. Positive vibes only. Positive I'm shotgunning a beer. Are you shotgun ready? Shotgun a beer. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. 
Oh, so silky. So oh, my God. Miller course. I will say, it makes a bigger mess than I remembered. Yes. I yes. haven't done that in a while. Yes. Oh, my God. This is, this is not something that most people do at home in their living room. Yeah. <laughs> Word of advice for people listening and or watching. Uh, don't do this in your office desk. Mm-hmm. It creates a bigger mess than you probably remember in college. Like it's, it's the same mess, but in college you just didn't care. But when you're 33 and trying to be a professional, uh, now I got to do the rest of the show with sticky fingers. Cool. Um, well, I was going to say, <laughs> what was the first shotgun that started this whole thing? Because I remember Baker Mayfield did it in response. Aaron Rodgers did it at one point. Like he chugged a beer at a game. I think that yeah. was the first time the new era. It was like Aaron Rodgers chugging a beer. Yeah. Aaron, well, was Aaron Rodgers had the bad chug, right? Like, yeah, wasn't the bad there chug. Some, and then, yeah. everyone, then Baker Mayfield was like, let me show you how a real quarterback chugs. Yeah, and then the ripple effect keeps going. And then J.J. Reddick was like, let me show you how a shooting guard that went to Duke <laughs> does it. And Myers Sanders <laughs> right. like, let me show you how a redneck from Illinois does it. Yeah. And the list goes on and on. And now – And then, yeah, this morning, uh, Jordan Clarkson and Royce O'Neal put out the, the video of them, them shotgunning a, a beer. So, uh, yeah, I did it. I did it, guys. I did it in solidarity. And it was our brand. It was branded content, sponsored content. Yeah. This is what we it was. This Coors Light, thank you for sponsoring the pod, friends of the program. The Mountains mm-hmm. Turn Blue Tate, the sunglasses do too. I think Coors Light, so I got their limited edition 2020 uh, uh, can here. I think that's the, next, that's the next evolution of can branding is having like a, the shotgun zone. Mm. Where you like you put it mm. on the can, you're like punch here for shotgun. Well, Miller Light, <laughs> Miller Light has already done that back in the day, as I remember. They had a little like pocket thing to get some airflow, some ventilation, so you would pop the top. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, they had the the. Yeah, and then you could just key it from there into a shotgun. So it was, uh... <laughs> I love that. I love <laughs> Coors Light's brand is like we have the coldest beer ever made. It's just like ice cold, baby. It's always mm-hmm. ice cold. Mm-hmm. Miller Light's brand has always been like we can get this beer into your goalie yeah, we're here. as fast as possible. As fast as possible. Like, <laughs> yeah. We have streamlined it. We have aerodynamic cans. Like you open that, you have the wide mouth yeah. bottles too. You know, yeah. like, they're like, it's, it basically like was for the poor. You know what I mean? Or like when you're actually yeah. sipping it, it was like, let's make it more aerodynamic as it comes out. And uh, yeah, that's what we love it. Yeah. You go to a bar, you're like, oh, bartender, I'll have a beer. And they're like, do you want it cold or do you want it fast? And you're <laughs> yeah, fast. You're like, fast. Miller Lite it is. <laughs> <laughs> Just as warm as I remember. Oh, where were we? What are we talking about? Uh, we have anything that- yeah, I was going to say, we, we have college basketball stuff to get to technically, right? That's going, Or just yeah. basketball talk in general. But we do have we have a guest. We have Charlotte Water. Yeah. Should we just get to Charlotte? Should we get to Charlotte? I think so. Charlotte was – so this was probably the longest interview we've ever done. Uh, I don't feel bad about it for two reasons. One, Charlotte's awesome. She's great. She's a colleague. Uh, we wanted to welcome her to the Fox family with open arms and – give her all the time she wanted to talk. Uh, but also you and I talk more than she does. Like we, we ramble people listen mm-hmm. to our show. They know how much mm-hmm. we talk. So there's that reason Two, There's nothing going on right now. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. like, what the hell? We're just trying to fill airtime anyway. But, uh, three, it was going really well. I felt like we had a good vibe that the, we had a, the, the draft that we did was a lot of fun. I certainly enjoyed it, Tate. I assume you did as well. Of course. And now, I mean, Charlotte's one of those people that's always been super nice on the internet. And then I met her in real life in New York about, you know, about three or four years ago, two, two or three years ago at this point, I guess. And uh, it's, it's not, you know, you and I are in media and it's, it's never the, there's a, there's not a one-to-one, you know, a personality online to a personality in real life. And yeah. Charlotte's one of those people I met and I was like, oh, you're amazing. You're great. And uh, she has been able to say the same about us so far. Uh, she doesn't know us that well, but uh, for now it's all great. Yeah. Well, um, why, why continue talking about her when we can yeah. talk to her? Here it is. Uh, our interview with Charlotte Wilder. All right. Joining us now is our brand new colleague. I don't know if she's still brand new. Do we, it, how long has it been? Yes. I mean, who, d- d- time is, is blurry no, together. No one remembers, but uh, the newest member of the, the Fox sports digital team, her name is Charlotte Wilder. 
Uh, Charlotte, I want to start here. Your name is Charlotte Wilder. What is it mm-hmm. like having an awesome name? Oh my God. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm so oh. psyched this is happening. I was so excited to be coworkers with you guys when like when the job happened. I was like, oh my God, how cool is this? Um, but in terms of my name, I've actually, <laughs> I don't mean this to sound conceited, but like I've mm-hmm. thanked my parents before. For, <laughs> I've been like, I just want you to, and I don't have a middle name either. So I was first- oh, You have no middle name. No. <laughs> And I asked This is them, a great background track. Yeah. We're learning a lot early. Okay, no middle name. You should Charlotte. do you should do the uh do what Adam Carolla did where he made his middle name Lakers. You should make yours Hornets. <laughs> Just Charlotte Hornets Wilder. Yeah. Oh my god, that's actually <laughs> I'm gonna look into that. But yeah, I was like, why don't I have a middle name? And they were like, Well, we had a lot of trouble agreeing on a first name. So and I was like, mm-hmm. So you literally you like gave up naming me? Like, and they were like, you didn't need one. Charlotte Wilder, like, come on. As I was preparing for this, I realized I know a lot of Wilders, but they're all like famous. Like every Wilder that I've ever met or heard of in my life is famous. Like Gene Wilder, Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's not a single, I didn't go to school with the Tom Wilder, you know, like I don't know a single Wilder except for famous people. So like, and, and it's, it's a great name because it's, it's wild. Like your Twitter handle is the Wilder things. Mm-hmm. But Charlotte's a great name too. Charlotte, which is your favorite? Your first or your last name? <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. I mean, I think I love the name Charlotte, but it's also just, it's sort of like a name name, mm-hmm. you know, it's like an Elizabeth or a, you know, it's pretty, um, and Wilder, I'm just like, whoa, how did I get this last name? <laughs> and it was so fun in like high school and college to just, they'd be like, you know, I was like, oh, Wild is here. Yeah, Van Wilder. I got I got a lot of mileage out of it. Let's yeah. put it that way. All right. And we have to ask. I mean, we're but we're all sports media personalities, so everyone's trying to brand themselves. They're trying to take their name and, and make a pun out of it. But when you have Charlotte and you have a franchise like the Charlotte Hornets, you know, for example, or you have Wilder oh, and you can you can sorry. make yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, so so you can you can use that as a brand leverage. You can also use Wilder as a brand leverage. Do you think that you were destined for this when when you when you didn't have a middle name and you had these two names? You're like, I must be in sports media. Yeah, honestly, I think that when when my parents were choosing my name, they were like, she is gonna crush on Twitter. They were like, it was 1989, and they were like, we are setting her up for success. Yeah, I can't no, wait till I, Twitter hits. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I did. I once went to a yoga class and I walked in and the lady was like, I, she asked my name and I was like, Charlotte Wilder. And she was like, you should be an author. And I was like, lady, I am trying so hard. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that the name was, it's, it's, there's some pressure that comes with it too. Cause it's like, you, you got to deliver on your name well that's what i was gonna say because if you you go to wikipedia and you type in those two words you type in charlotte you type in wilder and 19th century american poet comes up charlotte wilder Mm -hmm. so that's why i think a lot of people are confused so i wanted to debunk that today we need we need a separate wikipedia we need to split this up yeah are you is that is that a motivation in your life to become more famous (laughs) than her better than her to like where you pop up on the google search first 100 and we're gonna help today i'm like a little embarrassed by how seen I feel right now. Yeah, the, my entire motivation in life to like keep being in sports media is so that I can bump off that poet and mm-hmm. have the, I keep with the day that someone like makes me that Wikipedia page, I'll be like, I'm out. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. It's done. Um, but I do, what I do like about that Wikipedia page is the last line is um, 
Charlotte Wilder suffered a nervous breakdown, which lasted until her death. And I'm yeah, like, for 40 years. It's like yeah. for 40 years. <laughs> That's where you have to live up to. You have to beat that. If I mean, the, that. my nervous breakdown started when I was 12. So I think that I'm doing really, really well considering, and we're going to just keep writing this one out. So uh, those, those who are very online know you, obviously. A lot of uh, people in, in sports media are, are aware of who you are. Uh, we have a handful of listeners that aren't super online and might not know who you are, Charlotte. Not, and if not, and if not, let's pretend like we do. Probably let's the best people that are listening yeah. right now. So shout out to them. Let's just do a little exercise and pretend like we do have some, even if we don't. <laughs> uh, wh- who are you? Where did you come from? How did you end up at mm. Fox? Where, where, how did you exist before you got to Fox? Tell the people. Give, give us the background. So I love this question because I think the way someone decides to tell you who they are says a lot about who they are. <laughs> So it's almost like the telling of it reveals way more about someone than Mm -hmm. what they're actually saying. Mm -hmm. And so I never really know where to start. I guess like I'm from New England. Start at 12. Start at the nervous (laughs) breakdown. So I'm sitting in a shrink's office for children. (laughs) Like, yeah, we we can circle back. Um, But no, uh, I'm from New England. So I grew up in- You're um, a asshole. Yeah, outside of Boston, yeah. and I've spent a bunch of time in Maine and went to finally, college. Finally, sports media representation from Massachusetts. <laughs> we love it. Look, the reason I got into this is because I was like, Pats fans are underrepresented. <laughs> and they never talk about it, even if they do exist. <laughs> so, um, no, so, and uh, I grew up not super obsessed with sports. Like, I, I was in that I was, you know, I loved playing them, but... I, I, I didn't, especially in like, you know, high school and college, I sort of drifted away from knowing what was going on or who people were, um, and wanted to be a poet when I was in college and like, Oh my gosh. Could you imagine knocking out the old Charlotte Wilder for the new poet, Charlotte Wilder? That would have been epic. I know I have, I have, a, I have like a collection of poems that I've still work on that I've been working on for like 10 years and someday I'm going to release them and like you know 30 years how good is your poetry uh are, are would you say you're better than jj reddick mm, yes when he was not even reading your poetry you. yes yeah <laughs> i don't want to take any shots at anyone but like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i you know i quickly realized that like i didn't know how to be a poet or like you probably can't make money being a poet and so i was like you know what you can make money doing journalism <laughs> <laughs> great idea started out my first job was at america's test kitchen uh i was a web editor and um it was 2012. So they put me in charge of their YouTube channel and I just Mm. like made cooking videos, which is (laughs) wild. Realized quickly. I didn't really care that much about cooking. So I went to the Boston globe to their website, boston.com. I was doing sort of general stuff. And from there I realized that the sports people were having all the fun. I was like that. And, and it was Grantland was a big influence on me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I saw saw you idiots talking to each other (laughs) online and I was like, I think I could talk like that too. You're, you're welcome for that. I was, I, I had, yeah, we, we actually have learned that a lot from people that they have seen us talking on the air and they're like, when I saw you guys, I was like, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know how to take that. We take it, we take it as a nice thing, but we're also like, wait a second, what? Yeah. Well, what I will say is, you know, like as being in sports media more and more and you meet everybody and 
I feel it's sort of like a never meet your heroes thing. Um, mm -hmm. And you guys have just been as delightful as I thought you'd be. So, you know. So far. You <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're what, 10 minutes into this? How do, how do we end up at Fox? You're at the Boston Globe. Uh, you, you came from Sports Illustrated to get to Fox. What, um, what, what was the free agency mm. period like? You, you be, did you sign on during the, the pandemic? Yeah, April. You joined April, the team right? during the yeah. pandemic. How does that work? How does, uh, it, is it, we're, we're fascinating by the recruiting world in general. Um, <laughs> so would, would you liken it to a college basketball recruit? Would you liken it to NBA free agency? Would you mm. like it? What, what, what was your recruitment like? I'd say I'm like, I, f I was like the Cam Newton. Mm. <laughs> Where they were, I think people were like, ah, <laughs> a lot of talent, but is it too much of a headache? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are like, the best days behind her? Yeah. Just, <laughs> no, like I legitimately think that there were a lot of people in sports media who were just like, she's talented and people seem to like her and like she seems nice enough, but we have no idea what to do with her. <laughs> That's always good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and I was like, okay, cool, 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 same. Um, but then... Uh, Aren't you guys the producers? Yeah. You know, I was like... Figure it out. Yeah. The, well, if you're an athlete, you just brain yourself as positionless. Or if you're a basketball player, you just say you're positionless. That's, yeah. what, That's what I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah Utility player. Yeah. That's entirely what... Like, I had meetings at... About, I, I had meetings at ESPN. I had um, some meetings at The Ringer, some meetings at... Um, e-network weirdly i was mm. up for I, I didn't get that job but also i was like i don't want to leave sports so it it worked out um and i think for me i was you know i was sort of like i will do i'm pretty easy with what <laughs> i do like i like the doing of it i'm not totally wedded to like one sport or one whatever um but when i met with um buck mike buckland who is our boss mm -hmm, um yeah. I went in, I came out of his office like two hours after sitting down with him. We never met. And I was like, I, I called my agent and I was like, I want to work for this guy and I want this job. Like mm -hmm. every, you know, it, it just, the, the vision for what, he, and I'm not just saying this because he's going to hear this. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> but you know, it doesn't it, hurt. No. Well, Buck, shout out Buck. <laughs> um, and, and talking to David Katz, who, you know, mm -hmm. VP of digital. And I was just like, there's something very cool going on here. And, and Buck was basically like, we just kind of want you to be you and do what you do. And it wasn't, it didn't feel like a question of, you know, where do we put her? What do we do with her? What would she do? He was like, I know exactly what we'll do with you. And I was like, well, then great. Can I come here? Um, I was a free agent and that I wasn't, you know, on contract at Sports Illustrated, but I didn't get to like have the fun mystery of like, where is Charlotte going? Like, that sounds so mm -hmm. fun. You guys, yeah. did you love that? Uh Tate, did you love it? I was gonna say, like, I you you described your whole thing to Cam Newton. I'll describe mine to Derek Jeter in the sense that, like, I retired. Everyone gave me a, a retirement, you know, like a farewell, uh, and I was like, oh, this is nice. Like, goodbye to everybody. Like, goodbye to the game. And then I went down and like back in the game, I went to my my Miami Marlins, and then I met this guy Rosillo. Uh, and we, we shipped him up to the Yankees to the Ringer, and then we just we went around our business, you know, down south, and we're having a great time, but. The whole thing, the whole lead up, the whole Reddit conspiracy yeah. threads, that is all very frustrating because like you said, we're all real people. Yeah, I, I flew a little too close to the sun, Charlotte. Like I think four, <laughs> four months is too long. Like at that point, people don't care. Like <laughs> they're just kind of like, dude, get over it. Like make a decision. Like, Because at first it was like, wow, this is, this is interesting. He's le they're leaving the ringer. What are they going to do next? And then the longer I it went on. Worth, the I was fascinated. 
Yeah, and the longer it goes on, the more they're like, oh, they're just two morons who have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was the hard part when people were like yeah. yelling at you and yeah. like, you're like, so what's the real plan? I'm like, look, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> I thought, yeah, people thought we were playing 4D chess and Tate and I were just like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> we were playing chess. People were like thinking you were like masterminding it and they were yeah, like, what's your we were, plan? You're like, yeah. well, I certainly have one. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. We, we, people forget. It wasn't like we left together. It wasn't like we banded yeah. in arms and we're like, let's leave and let's yeah. walk out of here. It was like, we had separate plans and then as the plans devolved or you know kind of fell apart we were all looking at each other like let's just run it back and here we are uh, so charlotte one thing that happens in this industry is you get your credentials challenged you get uh you have to sharpen your teeth as a journalist to get any kind of respect from your peers you know you can't just like pop up you know especially in new age media like anybody can just sit in their mom's basement and and turn on the camera and and pretend to have a media career, but you have to earn it uh, to be really respected by your peers. So my question to you, Charlotte, is uh, if, if you were challenged in a room of old heads, old journalism types, and they were like, you're just one of these millennial blogging Twitter account types, you're not a real journalist. What is your retort? What is your what is your thing where you're like, now hang on a second. I, I had to do this this one. Let time. me tell you about the Oxford yeah. comma. Yeah. Or, or let me tell you about like, what is what is your retort to that? Well, so I've gotten that. I've gotten that a fair amount. I yeah. like there were people there were people who were at Sports Illustrated when I was hired at Sports Illustrated who were pissed that I was hired. And who were <laughs> no, seriously, and they were like really angry that I had the title of senior writer, even though I was like in the year before this, I wrote five five thousand word long forms that were the like performed very well on the internet and that people said they liked. So mm -hmm. I don't, and like, I was really proud of the stuff I'd done at SB nation and um, you know, they let me kind of go anywhere. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I, it was just really, it, I felt like I was doing real stuff. You know, I, I wrote about the Kentucky Derby. I did two NASCAR mm -hmm. stories, which was fascinating. I wrote about like lobster boat racing up in Maine, which was like the wild West. I did a profile of Chris long. <laughs> Uh, like mm -hmm. I had, I had sort of done things and yet because I, because I was a young woman in the sport, <laughs> no. um, I mean, it was, I think it was mostly like older guys who were sort of like, why is like, yeah. I had to, I had to intern for 15 years at the, at the right. Topeka times to get here. And which I also <laughs> do understand, but yeah. um, it's a different world now. So I, I, I think that and at the same time, I also kind of get it because I'm like, I'm telling jokes on Twitter. Uh, I can, you know, I don't know if irreverent is the word obnoxious, maybe. I yeah. know there are people who don't like me, which is fine. But um, it's sort of a, it, I, I guess I, you know, went through enough cycles of that, that I feel like this, I feel like this is truly the first year that I have been like, you know what? Some people are going to like me. Some people are not going to like me. I'm going to try to do my thing as best and as fairly as I can. And I'm actually kind of at peace with that. Like mm -hmm. it took a while, but um, it definitely is just practice being like, I don't care what people think. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people think. <laughs> so we, I have to dig into that a little bit, Charlotte, because one of the things that I find fascinating in the world and why I think, you know, the whatever you call this, you know, infamy, fame from Twitter and podcasts, all this sort of stuff. Regardless of all that, you play in yourself, right? You're playing Charlotte Wilder. I am playing Tate Frazier. Mark Titus is playing Mark Titus. Or you're just being yourself, regardless, right? You're, but when you're outside of these vehicles, if you're outside of a podcast or outside of Twitter, then you meet people in the real world and you almost have to, like I have people coming to me and they're like, tell me how much you hate Coach K. 
you know and i'm like i'm not really like on that vibe right now you know what i mean i got like things to do. i gotta wash my car but that's what I, that's what you're supposed to be so like how hard yeah. is that to kind of mince the two things like playing yourself and being yourself i actually i really love that question um it Honestly, I think for me, it's a defense mechanism to remember that there is a level of a role that I'm playing because I used to get really, I mean, I used to take the criticism really, really hard. Like I was, there've been a few dustups in my career where I've, you know, had like three days crying on the floor of my apartment as I read these tweets Mm -hmm. come in and you know, eventually I just got to a point where I was like, you cannot, this is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I actually, <laughs> speaking of mental breakdowns, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Kind of, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I was talking to my therapist about this once. Cause I was like, look, I get, I, if someone says they don't like the way I post on Instagram or like someone, it says like, says, and it's not strangers. It's people I know or people in the industry um, that, affects me the most I'd found um, or used to. And he was like, look, you have to remember there is a difference between what people can see of you and who you actually are. And if you Mm -hmm. think of the criticism as coming at the role you are playing rather than who you are like as a person, it's easier. And so, and that was truly like the most helpful thing I've ever heard. Cause I'm like, yeah. it, there, there is a, a level of separation where I'm definitely authentic and I am who I am, but I'm also fairly private. Like I, I, I don't think a lot of people on the internet know a lot of the ins and outs about me outside of sports media. And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of by design. Yeah. Right. You seem to have the similar vibe towards Twitter that I do, which is like, you're, you're kind of active on it. You seem to enjoy it. You seem to, to have as much fun as you could possibly have on the thing. But at the same time, I get the feeling that you hate it. And uh, when yesterday, when the, uh, the verified thing went down, I saw that you tweeted, you're like, this was the happiest two hours of my life or whatever. And I was like bummed out that it came back on. Um, so what, what just like your experience, I, I don't know. I kind of want to like talk about that a little bit because uh, this is something that it, it's a little self-indulgent because we're all in like sports, you know, we all have the blue check marks and like people, you know, people don't want to hear us talk about that. But at the same time, I don't know. I think it's valuable because I think like it is the most, it's the most toxic place on earth for everybody, not just us, but th- there is, it's, it's weird how like, even the trolls get tired. You know, you see, you see people like tune out. They're like, I didn't need a break. Yeah, the trolls need a break. <laughs> what I find fascinating, I guess, for, from, uh, from my experience is like, most people I talk to want to quit Twitter. Most of the sports media people, they're like, this, this, this is the worst. This is the dumbest thing ever. Uh, but nobody can, nobody can seem to do it. I've tried a few different times and immediately- I love when you try to quit Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. I'm like, I'm like, here goes Mark again. <laughs> yeah. You live in a toxic world of Twitter, but you don't like really get in the mud that much. How, what is the end game? You've, you seem to have figured it out better than I have. What is the end game here? Is there, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Can I quit this? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm honored that you would, that it seems like I have anything figured out. So thank you. Um, I, it's totally because I've had so many horrible experiences that it's, I, I, I firmly, I'm a firm believer in like learning what you don't like is far more helpful than learning what you do like. Cause it's going to lead mm. you where you want to be, whether it's a job, whether it's relationships, whether it's, how you use Twitter, which sounds bizarre, but I really did find like in the beginning, you know, there were a few 
there were a few big blowups I had that um, are very boring to get into now, but, but they all happened because I engaged mm. and they all happened because I either took the bait or fought back or continued something that could have been ended much more easily. And that, ended up becoming self-indulgent I think mm -hmm. like I even I've been on I've been on the side of things where people are like you're the worst and I've been on the side of things where people are like you're the best and this person's the worst and no matter what side of it I'm on if it, I, I just feel gross I'm like yeah why is everyone talking about me I'm like you don't need we don't need to be talking that's about what that's what I've tried to explain to my family too, is like, they'll point out my, my mom and dad will try to cheer me up. So they'll send me things, nice, nice things that people will say. And I'm like, that's just as bad to be honest. Cause like, if you, if you entertain the the good stuff that people are saying, first of all, it like makes you narcissistic. And like, you, you just, cause it, it, it creates this thing where like you, you get online and 10, there are 10 nice things waiting for you. And then you get online the next day and there's nine nice things and you don't even appreciate those nine. You're like, what the hell? There were 10 yesterday. Why is there only, why there's only nine today. Uh, so like even the positive stuff is kind of toxic. The negative stuff is definitely toxic. I want out Charlotte. How do I do it? Okay. So oh, I, don't, I don't know that you can get out. I think is what's, <laughs> I, I think that's what, so the, the way that I have recently been using it for, because I also do think like there are people I follow that I love hearing from, you know, like I, mm -hmm. I really do. I know it's a toxic place, but I've also, it's probably the reason I have a job right now. It's probably, I've met really legitimately close friends, you know, people who've become really close friends. I've gotten opportunities become because of it. And I also, I, I also think that, um, you know, there are probably plenty of people who think what I tweet is stupid, but I also know there are people who like it. And I kind of think of it as like, giving people something, you know, or, or mm -hmm. engaging enough. Like the way I do it now is I'll, I'll, I'll hop on, like read what's going on, see if I have something to say about it. And, and I also do think that recently it's been a very powerful tool for calling things out um, or being mm -hmm. vocal about supporting causes you believe in. And so I try to balance it. I used to, I used to think about it as being like a camp counselor where I was a camp counselor and like, you want to be, you want to be funny and like fun and have the kids really like you most of the time. So that when you're like, Hey, <laughs> like get in line. Yeah. And I think recently, you know, this past month, it's been harder to have fun online. Um, yes. But I still, I still try. And that's sort of what keeps me coming back is that I like to yeah. think it's still possible in some way. Let's get to uh, what it is you're here for Charlie. We, yes. were, we were, we were talking in pre-production. That's a term for uh, those of you not in the industry. Uh, before you come on the show, you do some planning. That's a term for our text chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's called a, it's called a group text. We were trying to figure out things that we all have in common. And first of all, it's hard enough for Tate and I to find things. It's like basically South Park and college basketball. I mean, mm -hmm. like otherwise mm -hmm. it kind of falls off the rails with Tate and I. So we're like, my God, we're introducing a third person in the mix. Like what are we, what are we going to do here? Let's, let's pick a decade. Yeah. <laughs> And we said, we're all millennials. Why don't we do a draft of things from the 90s that we love the most? I'm so excited. I told you guys that, like, I feel like I still live in the 90s. I dress like I'm in the 90s. Like, the, my list of favorite things from the 90s is just my list of favorite things. And I don't know if it's because we were so young that everything seemed amazing at the time. We were no, just I, like in the Disney bubble. Or, I actually or have a theory about this. The monoculture still existed, and we were all like – Cable TV existed, right? But there's there was like enough 
there's enough to where like there was it was i'm, I'm not gonna I, I catch myself this no, is, no no i know what you're saying what you're saying is that there was more of a shared experience yeah. There was there's enough going on to where it wasn't like the 50s where there's like three channels on TV. There's like enough to where like people are watching TV. At this point, everybody has television. Everybody has cable. Everybody's watching uh, whatever's on TV, that whatever's the hot thing on, on TV that day. Um, but the internet doesn't exist. So like we're not, it's not too fractured. The entertain it was the sweet spot of like entertainment options to where that is why I think everything from the nineties is the best. It's why everyone thinks Jordan was the best, even though LeBron's a better basketball player, technically it's why everyone thinks Tiger a bigger basketball player. technically. Yes. <laughs> it's why everyone thinks Tiger's the best, even though Jack Nicholas has more trophies than him. It's why like everyone thought Michael won't, Jackson, won't argue that one. <laughs> Michael Jackson was the greatest. Garth Brooks was the greatest. Like everyone thinks he was the greatest country music. Dale Earnhardt. Dale, like everything that happened in the nineties, like wrestling was the best in the nineties, right? Everything that happened in the nineties, everyone's like, it was the best. And that's why it's because it was the last time we were all like locked in together on what was happening in front of us. That's my totally. theory. I'm so, here there for you it. Go. Well, there I also think that right now when everything is just the worst, mm -hmm. it's really nice <laughs> to think about the nineties because yeah. um, we didn't know enough to know that everything was bad yet. Maybe we were just young. We yeah, I was going to say, I was like six <laughs> years old. So I wasn't I, watching I the nightly really... news every night. So maybe that's why I thought the world was better. Right. Like we were too dumb because yeah. we were kids to yeah. know like to comprehend yeah anyway with that being said we're gonna get into it we are going to draft this is the 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 we we did a thing where we did big east moments i thought that was the broadest thing we could possibly do a draft from i was wrong we are picking nope. an entire decade any person place thing event <laughs> anything you can think of from the 1990s is what we are drafting you only get five picks charlotte you are our guest we are going to let you go first because of it what is the top pick in the entire draft are you ready mm -hmm. my number one pick the John Newbery medal winners from the 1990s. The Newbery medal winners. Do you remember the books that had the yes, little silver yes. stamp on it? Those, can I just read you this list? Can I read you what one? Okay, 1990, Please. Number of the Stars. 1991, mm. Maniac McGee. 1992, mm. Shiloh. book. Missing May. 1994, The Giver. 90 the Giver. 95 walk two moons my favorite oh yeah it's a great book. yeah these are all great books banger after banger <laughs> every teacher in america right now is like keep reading that list 96 the midwife's apprentice 1997 the view from saturday and then we got out of the dust and holes so five oh, holes wow right holes is a great one yeah holes holes and giver i think are the two most famous on the list right so what's the difference mm. between the newberry and the caldecott do you remember the caldecott awards were oh, those yeah. like I children books Picture books is called. Oh, those are picture books. Oh yeah, yeah. They had the drawings. I, yeah. I am, I am both uh, <laughs> proud and a librarian. And that and that it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good first pick. That's a, that's great that we're starting it off like that. I was worried that you were going to be like Michael Jordan is my first pick. No, no. which is what Man. Tate. Michael Jordan still on the board. Tate, Tate. <laughs> this is honestly like the hardest thing that I've ever had to do uh, as far as narrowing down the top five and picking specifically what I wanted to point out in this top five. But for me, the number two pick in the 90s draft, the TV series brought to you by the Wayans in Living Color, starring <laughs> James Perry, the number one pick. Oh, my God. The best TV Dude. show you've ever seen. Okay, okay. Uh, sorry. If you're wondering why Charlotte and I are laughing too hard, Tate, I, uh, I called this. 
Charlotte and I were on the call before Tate joined. And I told Charlotte that one of Tate's picks is going to be in living color. And sure. not only is it one of your picks, it's your very first pick. That's amazing. <laughs> not only is it my very first pick, I watched the whole first season last night uh, to get myself prepared for this pick. Did you and uh, yeah, I mean, I have DVDs. I, I queued it up. And let me just tell you, it hits, it hits even better than you would mm. imagine it would hit. Uh, the first episode is great. Um, I, I feel like Rosie Perez actually styled the dancers, the fly girls for the first four seasons. So there's a lot of history in the show. Um, Sean Wayans is up there. He's the DJ. He's not even Sean Wayans yet. He just has his own DJ name, S1. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a great show. And there's so many stars on the show. And again, Jim Carrey. Is Jim Carrey got a start there, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. For five seasons. Yeah. James Carrey is the star of the show. Go yeah. watch the show, everyone. Go in Living Color is great. In Living Color is, is a great pick. It's it, But I'm not going to pretend like I watched it in the 90s. I I, I definitely I watched it in the 2000s. Yeah, Indeed. I found it I found it uh, later in life. I, I watched the old stuff. I yeah. read I read Holes for the first time yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a great book. They should make a movie out of this. Uh, all right, my number one pick. Uh, when I think about the 1990s, I think about dynasties. I think about teams that pull off three-peats. Uh, mm. and, and I think, you know, we're all sports people. Um, and and there, was, there was one team that when you think about sports in the 1990s, you think about their three-peat, uh, and, and it just, like, dominates all the discussions. I'm talking, of course, about Tom Amansky's back-to-back-to-back AAU National Championships that he won. My pick is the, the commercials of Tom Amansky when you're watching Nickelodeon trying to sell his instructional videos – where all where Fred McGriff comes on and he's like, dude, Fred I'm McGriff, Fred McGriff legendary. I play baseball and you should buy this. Yes. And then it's a bunch of 12 year olds throwing, doing a crow hop from center field and throwing a baseball into a trash can behind home plate. That is Literally like my childhood. That was, that was my entire childhood. I don't think I would have played baseball if not for Tom Amansky. So that is my number one pick. That's such That's a good one. <laughs> back I love to back that. to back AAU national oh. champions. <laughs> I think that's the way I learned about AAU. That's how you learned about it? That's how I learned about it, I think, as a, as a young kid, what that, what that is. I mean, that whole training video was like four minutes long, too. It was like the whole yeah. commercial break. It was like, yeah, it was like okay, it was, now we're back to rocket and like, I like Tom Amansky must have done well for himself because like, the, the man bought every ad space that existed <laughs> on, on children's TV in the 90s, you know? That's actually <laughs> true. It makes you think. It's like... <laughs> Where did this money come from? Yeah, like, that, yeah, like and was there like a return on investment from the advertisements? Like, did those work? They clearly did. That's gonna be that's gonna be a big expose. Is like Tom Amansky was actually like friends with some network guy that was like giving him free at you know. <laughs> I'm waiting yes. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the dark underbelly of AAU. Yeah, sounds like baseball. a long form story to me, Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, there you oh, go, Charlotte. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> Is it me again? Or yeah, it's your turn. No, no, no. It's your turn now. Round two. Go ahead. Okay, this was tough for me to decide what came next for mm. my second pick. The movie The Big Green. Mm. Have you seen The Big Green? Yes, yes. Not in I, a long time. I owned three VHS. I owned The Great Muppet Caper, the Disney Robin Hood with the Foxes. Fun fact, the Fox Robin Hood was my first crush. Don't know what that <laughs> says about me. And The Big Green. And The mm. Big Green is an amazing soccer movie. I think it's the best sports movie of all time and does not get nearly enough credit. The goalkeeper is the kid from uh, Sandlot, right? Yes, and I got to write oh, about him. Okay. I met him a few years ago. Patrick Renna, whose entire mm. life now is just based on being ham from the Sandlot. And I asked him, I was mm. like, are you cool with that? And he was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Charlotte, to, to gash your ego a little bit, that was the first story I read by Charlotte Water in 2018, the Sandlot 25-year anniversary, wow. and that, that is how it all comes together. Didn't Ham bat leadoff for, in the Sandlot? 
Am I remembering yeah. this correctly? Like when we look back on that, isn't that kind of revolutionary that you had your, your power your hitter, your, your power hitting catcher <laughs> bat lead off? <laughs> I don't think Sandlot gets enough credit for revolutionizing baseball. <laughs> like we don't want to get on base. We want a homer. <laughs> I drank, I took a sip of water at the wrong time. Oh my God. That's so true. I'm wow. pretty sure like Benny the Jet batted like eighth too. Like he was just like a, you know, like it's ridiculous. Say what you want about sale. I, I don't feel like they were well managed. I think yeah, they, they needed a manager. Really need <laughs> no, squints, squints couldn't even see. Like it was questionable <laughs> whether he should have been, you know, out there anyway. But um, yeah, no, I, I do one more thing about the big green and then we can move on. Um, there is the most romantic line of any movie mm. in that, which is when, um, one of the kids has to leave and moves away and then comes running back for the final game. And the girl that had a crush on him, she was like, don't ever leave again. He goes, next time I leave, I'm taking you with me. And I was like, I'm nine, but this is love. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) move on. I was going to say immediately in my mind, I just went to like alfalfa and the little rascals. And I was like, I was like, am I going to have to draft alfalfa? And then I, then I just threw it away. I can't draft alfalfa. Almost did though. You could. I almost did. Uh, my number two pick in this amazing draft of the 1990s is Adam Sandler of the 1990s. Oh, just Adam Sandler. The, just Adam oh. Sandler because because you know what I get with Adam Sandler in the 1990s? I get Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, and Waterboy. Uh, I think the, the three most important movies as far as uh, defining what I thought was funny as a, as a six- to nine-year-old kid. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Billy Madison's number one on that list. Uh, iconic beyond belief. Happy Gilmore – Chubbs, RIP, still the legend himself. Uh, and Waterboy, I watched the other night. And let me just tell you, Vicky Valancourt and the whole the whole sequence of events with the mom, uh, mm. with Kathy Bates playing his mom, the whole setup of the whole movie. Waterboy is genius. In a world where football seems dumber than ever, go <laughs> <laughs> watch Waterboy because uh, it'll at least make you feel good uh, on the inside that we're not that far removed. Uh, but yeah, that's my number two pick, Adam Sandler and three movies. So does Adam Sandler uh, putting out stankers now, does that tarnish his legacy or do you respect it? No, this, like- this is in a vacuum. This is Adam Sandler mm-hmm. if he never made it to the 21st century. I actually respect oh, no. that he puts out stinkers because he just like he's like who cares just i just do whatever i want and i print money and i get to hang out with my friend i get to give all my friends jobs and and all my movies like i I respect it yeah except he did have uncut gems which people liked yeah he went for the oh yeah that's that's true that i don't really consider that an adam sandler movie though because it was good (laughs) right It shouldn't be. Yeah, Adam Sandler movie. You guys need to go back to the nineties. No, back, get get lost. In if those you things. have, if it, the Rotten Tomatoes score is above thirty percent, it's not really an Adam Sandler movie. It has to be. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, Adam Sandler's a good pick. Adam, he is very much. Uh, yeah, nineties. I, I keep him in the nineties. Yeah, no matter what he does the rest of his life, he's always ninety. <laughs> keep him in the nineties. Uh, my number two pick, the Suck It Crotch Chop. Um, I, <laughs> I what? think, the Suck It Crotch Chop. The, the, the crotch trap as a whole uh i can't even tell you how many times i've done this in my life uh how many times we did in elementary school to our teachers i think i think i kind of want to just speak quickly about the misplaced masculinity of of me going through puberty in the 90s like it was very weird time where you turn on wrestling and stone cold is flipping off his boss and smashing beers together. And like mm-hmm. other wrestlers are telling people to suck it. And I don't even know what mm-hmm. suck it means. You're just like saying suck it over and over. Like- yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that looks cool. Uh, yeah. Like he's sending a message. Meanwhile, like the shirts that were hot at the time are like the no fear, like the and one <laughs> trash talk, like I'll scoop you yes. up the court. 
like like <laughs> you, you got the big johnson t-shirts when you go on spring break to mm-hmm. to panama city and they're selling them everywhere i mean just on and on like the grunge era the, the it was very very weird time to be like figuring out what masculinity was howard stern was a big deal you know there were also a lot of movies about like kids outsmarting adults or like beating up adults and i thought that was like what you're like three ninjas you know like mm-hmm. and there, mm-hmm. there was blank baby check. geniuses yeah. yeah blank check too where the kid gets handed a check and then he's like i'm gonna just rob this Amazing. guy of a million dollars dunstan checks in yeah home yeah. alone home alone obviously it. like yeah. he's like i'm just right. gonna out, i'm just gonna beat the hell out of these henchmen so uh just as a whole the 90s to me were like a very weird time like figuring out what masculinity actually was as as a young boy who was who was going through puberty and the most confusing thing of all was the suck it crotch job because i had no idea what like suck it actually meant and looking back it is absolutely wild that, that was, <laughs> was on tv all the time like every monday night you tune in and Shawn michaels and triple h are just like suck it <laughs> and usa You're fans are like yes doing it to people and no one thought to yeah no i think that we've made i i like to think we've made leaps and bounds in terms of like boys what an amazing number two pick for you titus i i uh I can't imagine. Going, I can't imagine going through elementary school without having like, yeah, I don't know, me and all my friends just doing the sucking. Yeah, I don't. Know. I forgot to even mention steroids in baseball, by the way. Like, even when you're like trying to watch baseball, like all of your favorite players are just beefed up, and you're like, I, what is, what is adulthood? That mm. seems weird. <laughs> you're like, and do I want to go there? Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Very violent. Uh, that's my um, number two pick. Okay, number okay, three, Charlotte. Good. My number three pick in the 1990s draft is um, the the spoons, the plastic spoons that came in cereal boxes in the shape of like the Lion King or Disney characters that change <laughs> color when you put them in the milk. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's a great pick. I don't yeah, know exactly really what you're is. talking about. Yeah, and, they, and, they, and they came disconnected. So there was like the, the spoon part and then like the spoon part and they clicked in like a snapback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did they change color in the milk, was it? Like when they got yes. cold? That's yes. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the cocoa pebbles. But I <laughs> but I thought that it was just milk. Like I didn't understand that it was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, milk is magic. Yeah. yeah. It, honestly, it made me think of the rice krispies, because remember the sizzle and the pop? That's when I thought milk magic i was like this is something else like what is going on here this is a science experiment <laughs> then you, you start like buying the cereals that like like the cocoa puffs or the cookie crisp but like change your milk so like when you're drinking the milk afterwards it's like yeah, yeah. it's like rainbow yeah. colored and your parents like what are we doing <laughs> you're like car you're cartman buying the fried chicken and peeling it off the seat that's what that's what i feel like my brother would do that like he would yeah i don't I, I would watch him pour cereal and then like scoop the the cereal out of the way just to like drink the chocolatey cocoa puff sugar milk <laughs> oh yeah for sure and meanwhile you know it's just like probably mostly chemicals and you're like yeah. i am fortified and ready for yeah. school <laughs> yeah. yeah i feel healthy and great all you, all you have to do is say part of this complete breakfast that's what they'd say in the commercials and then you're like, that, like that sounds healthy <laughs> i need that spoon <laughs> yeah, be part of that that's a great that's a great number three you got a great list going charlie you're doing well so far Thank you. I, I, I hope you can stick the landing because this is great so far go Me ahead yeah I'm, I'm having a great time. Uh, my number three on this list is another figure from a fictional TV show, and his name is Uncle Phil from the Fresh Print Bell mm. Air. And I will say this I don't know how many people in their lives re- re- relied on Uncle Phil to give them guidance, to let them know what, it, what they should do in a situation. 
Uh, I mean, everyone wanted to be cool like Will Smith and obviously, you know, that whole storyline and everything. And we love making fun of Carlton. But Uncle Phil was the OG. He knew what was right all the time. He knew how to handle his business. And I feel like I learned so many life lessons from freshmen to Bel Air <laughs> that I had no idea that I learned uh, until later in life. So I just feel like I had to give him a shout out, Uncle Phil. Did you know that you loved him when it was happening or was this a later in life realization? I think I knew at the time that I loved him, but I didn't realize how much like I me- it was a Will episode where, where like his dad doesn't come. You know what I mean? And I how come he don't episode. want me? Yeah, how come he yeah, doesn't? And like that episode like still sticks with me to this day. And it was just like, man, Uncle Phil is the man and he doesn't want to be doing this. He doesn't want to be taking this kid in from Philly and taking care of him and paying for all this stuff. But he's doing it because he's such a great guy, but he's also teaching him life lessons. And uh, he's no nonsense. And he's also the OG. Uh, mm-hmm. and, there you go. Uh, how wild is it looking back that, that Will Smith got – not only did he get a show <laughs> – like, what was he, like 17 when Fresh Prince? I don't, I'm making that yeah, up. Yeah, he was super young. Yeah, it might super, be like 19. Not only did he get his own show, he got – the whole show was like his, – his name was Will Smith in the show. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, play yourself. They were just like, just play yourself. Like, you're awesome already. We don't need to come up with a character for you. Just be and you. And <laughs> it, was, it was because it was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Like, this was yeah. – there was the, buddy, the music career too. So you're just like, man, talk about a, like, multi-threat. Yeah. yeah. It's, Who wants it's, to, who's going to be your best friend on the show? Oh, the guy that you make all your songs with too? Great. Now yeah. he's an actor. But <laughs> if you do that now, they would 100% take Will Smith and like give him some weird, like crazy story and change his name and make him play, you know. But just to have the wherewithal to be like, no, nah, we don't really need to. It would be like this. the Amazon series yeah. Hannah, but with Will Smith and he'd yeah. be like a young assassin or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> What are we doing? That's a great, great pick. Uncle Phil, uh, yeah. life, life lessons with Uncle Phil. My number three is Danny Tamborelli getting slimed on figure it out. Um, that is, that is a lasting memory I have of the 1990s Man. is watching summer Sanders, who was one of my first best. Crushes, crushes, uh, just an absolute babe. Summer Sanders was, uh, hosting figure it out. And then the secret slime action was always something that they knew Danny was going to do. And then Danny would do it and they would slime it. And I was, I was a Leonardo DiCaprio meme. I was pointing at the TV. I was like, there it is. <laughs> They're doing it. That's the thing. That's what I tune in for is slime on Dan- Danny Tamborelli's head. Uh, that oh, is my number yeah. three pick. <laughs> That's so yeah, good. I, I don't I even heard that name. Else. I haven't heard that name in so long. Wasn't he on all that? Danny mm-hmm. Tamborelli? Yeah, he, yeah. Was. he was on uh, he, Adventures of Pete and Pete. Um, he, was, oh, he was in that. He was also in D2. I loved watching people get slimed. This is really messed up, but because it wasn't happening to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. There, there's awful. a lot of like, I, I like, want to be there. I don't want to get slimed ever. Yeah, you don't want to. Um, sli- I, I, that, that must be a guy girl thing, Tate. Because did you, did you want to get slimed, Tate? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Every time I watched it, I was like, that looks so awesome. I was, I was like, like they are so gross, and they have to just be wet for a while now, and I. Hate <laughs> I mean, the most starstruck I ever was was seeing the old Nickelodeon lot on Sunset when we would walk by, and you could just see like where Nickelodeon was. I mean, they tore it down now, but like the first few years, it was like, oh, so many people got slimed back there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, my fourth pick mm-hmm. is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Whoa! Oh, JTT. great pick. Great he, pick. Was, he was one of my first crushes in Man of the House, which is a really problematic movie looking back now, but you know, what isn't? Um, and he, I, and in Home Improvement, I mean, like, he was just, he was a cutie and he had like the hair that went like this, which like every boy I had a crush on also had the hair that went like this. And I was like, okay, I see you, Jonathan. But then senior year of high school, I somehow like got so, like, 
I don't know how this happened, but I started a rumor that he died. Um, what? <laughs> in in my senior class, I was like, I must have. This like, is when your parents knew that you were destined for Twitter. Like, if they didn't know before, yeah, and they named right. you, they're like, "This is the time." I think that I thought I read it somewhere, but like my whole class, we didn't. The internet wasn't like on your phone constantly, so I told everyone, and they were like devastated. And then came in the next day, and they were like, "What the? F- like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like, he's not dead." And I was like, "Look, I'm so sorry." was pretty confident that he was I'm <laughs> thrilled to hear he's doing well <laughs> amazing amazing again that, that again I think, delivers <laughs> i think that's my pick for the nine my next pick is like just making up shit and no, no one no one can call you on it because the internet doesn't exist and just right yeah. I was like, no, JTT is 100% dead. JTT is a great pick. In fact, I, I when I think back on Home Improvement, I, I feel like I remember every character from that show because my dad watched it religiously. But I, I can't – I honestly don't think I remember Jonathan Taylor Thomas's character's name because I just remember it being Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> I remember exactly. the oldest like – the, Yeah, the oldest kid was Brad. The youngest kid was Mark. Uh, Tim was obviously Tim. I get the show confused with Boy Meets World. Like, yeah, both of, like, like, cause they had, yeah, it's just, it's, JT, it was Randy. I just remembered it was Randy. What? It was it Randy. It was. Yeah, it was Randy. Which Randy. Is horrible name. Not a great name. <laughs> Who names their kid Randy in the 90s? <laughs> what the hell? Imagine someone our age being like, yeah, yeah. I had to go through elementary school being named Randy. No. Yeah. Oh my God. And no. what do you think, Randy? <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be, it'd be like a kid that looks like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Like, dude, change your game. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Like, you look like that. You, he's like the most pretty boy guy of all time, and he's got like the most blue collar. Your name should be Bo <laughs> or Brett. <laughs> His middle name's Dale. <laughs> oh my god! I just want to say a special shout out to anyone named Randy oh. listening to this week. No, if you're if you're named Randy and you're already, you, if you're a millennial Randy, you just go by Randall, I think, or you're Rand, or you figure something out. You don't do Randy. I mean, come on. You can't do red. Uh, anyway, that JTT is a great pick. The middle part was iconic back in the day, and, and it was uh, because of him. Uh, Tate, you're number four. Oh, man, this is a big one. And it's not even really because – I guess it is. But it's the whole experience, right? I mean, it's the Rugrats movie 1998. <laughs> and, and I say that because uh, the Rugrats were very important in my life. Uh, Nickelodeon was very important. But it wasn't even the actual movie. The movie was great, but it was the first single, which I had to look up. It's called Take Me There. And it's Maya, and it's Mace, and it's Blackstreet. And it's one of the greatest lead singles of a movie that you'll ever see of all time. Uh, for people, I'm not going to sing it, but go listen to the song. It's called Take Me There. It's Maya. And the Rugrats movie, it, 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 the, the, the preview around it is amazing. The movie itself is amazing. And uh, when I think about the 90s, for whatever reason, I think of that song and that movie. Mm-hmm. And Mace is my favorite rapper in the 2000s as I got older. And I realize now that Mace is in this song. So it makes that a lot of sense that in 2004 sense. that I would, uh, five years later, I'm like, I need to get a Mace album. So number four for me. I respect that. Was, was <laughs> that you. the, was that the movie uh, with the, with the heavy scene about Chucky and his mom? Yeah, his mom. Yeah. Chucky's yeah. trying to yeah. find his mom and they yeah. go to Paris and it's a, it's Dude, a whole thing. Tate, are you all right? Like what is your themes here with like Will Smith and his dad and Chucky and the mom and like, I mean, I'm just saying these are deep, these yeah, are deep things to be hidden on when I was like six years old. And obviously I was affected by it because they stuck yeah. with me. I, I tried to make a list. Like I made a, f- a huge list and then I tried to like do gut reactions. Like what really hits me as I go through it, and I marked them with the asterisks and I got like 20 of them. And that one got two after because I was like Rugrats movie. That's a hit. <laughs> Rugrats movie is great. The, the, yeah. They, they made another one, right? Like one in Paris or is that the same one? 
I think the it Paris is the is same the one. one. They may have, they they made, made, the, made a second one. The Paris one was the first one. But the yeah. Paris one was the first one. Yeah, and yes. then they made a yes. second one. Okay. Yes. Um, my number four pick, I, I'm, I'm stepping on Charlotte's shoes a little bit, uh, but I had it on my list, and I don't feel like it's, it's the same thing. Uh, she picked Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, but my pick is Tim the Toolman's grunt on Home Improvement. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that's a little different enough, to, even though it's in the same universe. Uh, the, the Tim, the tool man grunt, the, uh, 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 you gotta be careful when you do it. Cause like, it sounds like Scooby-Doo sometimes, I was gonna say. Like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but it just, it just, Scooby-Doo's uh, a great pick by the way. Scooby-Doo's a good pick. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good pick. My dad loved home improvement so much. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've seen every episode, but I don't really remember any episode. All I remember is like the tool man is trying to build his uh, hot rod throughout the entire show. And I don't even remember if he ever actually finishes it. That, that like, to me is like boomers who were like, it's, it's my dad. I, I hear that grunt. And I think of my dad, like that I've had conversations with my dad where it's just, where you just grunt back and forth. That is like being a man in the nineties. That's how you operated. Was you just like, I love your theme. You just grunt, of, you know? Like somewhat, somewhat troublesome masculinity yeah, that you yeah, yeah. through this. This is how good. to be a man in the nineties. Yeah. This is good yeah. work we're doing. Like uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw a there's a there's a Tim like T- Tim Allen you know he's he, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a fall from grace but maybe he could I don't know no, but he's, he's not, not great he, not, people don't love him as much as they used to he was I'm hot not in into whatever. Tim Allen I'll say I'm, I'm separating the art from the I, I this isn't a Tim Allen pick this is a Tim the Toolman pick Tim yeah. the Toolman Taylor is different um but yeah his girl he, I, I saw that he has a, a special on Netflix from like the 90s and I thought what the hell I was bored one night and I put it on. And it was, was he, he, he must have done 20, 20 minutes on grunting. I'm not even kidding. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> he was grunting the whole time. <laughs> that was his stick. He's like, so <laughs> say what you want about the man. He knows how to play the hits, man. He got up on stage and just like, <laughs> talk about a, a guy with life experience. <laughs> he's been all over. He's, he's, and then also Pam Anderson, for people that don't know, that's how she got her break, was home improvement. Yeah. She yeah. Was yeah. He's like, yeah, that was her first, uh, first acting gig. And then so, <laughs> she was like, I'm done with it. Like, <laughs> Peace. Wow. Okay. I really respect that, Titus. That's a great right. pick. Wrap it up, Charlotte. Number five, your final pick. Make My it a final good one. pick in the 1990s draft wow. is the birthday party jump around scene from Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, wow. <laughs> when Robin Williams brings in a, a like a little miniature horse and it eats the cake and Sally Fields comes in and sees it eating the cake and there and the kids are jumping around and I would do that. I would put that song on and like jump on my bed and be like, I'm a Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I loved that scene. So it was also the, 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 the scene where, you know, everyone's happy in that movie and that mm-hmm. didn't happen much going forward. I mean, it wraps up at the end, but I also, Robin Williams was, um, Another par- another parental issues movie uh, in the nineties. Yeah. He also, what I, I do want to shout out Robin Williams. First of all, RIP loved him so much. He was as the voice of the genie in Aladdin, which is also a nineties movie. The first time I realized that I could be funny was, I think it was like five. I, I remember this and I would imitate the genie where he gets mm-hmm. out of the, he comes out of the lamp and he goes, 10,000 years, they'll give you a real crick in the neck. And I would do it with my parents. And they would like lose it because you have a five-year-old like doing the Robin Williams. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just, I owe him a lot. 
That, and now, now you find out that they were just laughing at you, not with you. <laughs> the whole time they were just That's what always happens. They're just like, <laughs> the whole time, like, my daughter is, oh, my God. <laughs> she's going to be on Twitter. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Tate? I said they, all they said was she's gonna be on Twitter. Uh, as soon as they saw <laughs> this that. is Doubtfire uh, instilled in me a desire to want to lead a double life. Um, which it, the older I get, the more stressful that idea. I, I, you know, I, also the trope of like taking two dates to the same dance uh, or or the same, you know, like that whole thing. That you seems so that? appealing. No, but I would love to try. I don't have the balls to try. And the older I get, the more stressed out I get thinking about it. Like I could yeah. never pull that off. I don't know, mm. but. I, I yeah, did that you once. You pull it off. Not to brag. You, you did that one time? You took two dates to the same dance? Uh, it wasn't a dance. It was it was later in my 20s, and they were both going to be at the same place. And at I the was same like, bar? You did the two dates at the same bar thing? Eaten, yeah, and, and they knew each other. And <laughs> I, didn't, oh, they knew each other. <laughs> I didn't know what to do, so I just, I was like, I was like, how would a man play this? And I was like, he'd probably just go and not deal with it. So I did that. And Facts. Not, Irish, get out of there. Yeah. It did not end well, but um, it was funny. It was oh funny. Oh my God. They, they knew That's each amazing. other? They, they, did they take an Uber together to the... No, I don't <laughs> think so. Um, they were talking they were, about on the way. They were like, talking about what a, what a big night they had. Yeah, I like this to be great. <laughs> They did eventually. They did eventually talk. She's to actually them. on Twitter. She's actually a big, pretty big person. My girl too. <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't my finest moment. Um, oh god, that's but. great. That's great. Uh, Mrs. Uh. Doubtfire, jump around scene number five. Great, great list. Uh, Tate, your number five pick. My number five pick was going to be really basic, and uh, it was going to be Michael Jordan's secret stuff from Space Jam because oh, yeah. that that changed my life. But in 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 the in the vein of Robin Williams, I'm out because I thought of something better, and it's all already on my list. Flubber, number five. Mm-hmm. We love that. We love Flubber, and uh, Flubber makes me think of the '90s. Uh, in fact, Robin Williams in general makes me think of just like good times and good movies in the '90s. Like whether it be, I mean, Peter Pan, or like you just, I mean, there's just tons of examples of Robin Williams being great. But Flubber is my number one example, and uh, that's my number five pick. That's, that's all I can say. Flubber's the best. There's some great basketball scenes. I mean, there's just there's everything you want. That is, uh, Flubber also scarred me as a child that I thought yep. that like you could put like Play-Doh or something on your shoes or like you could figure it out. Yeah. Like you put Jello and Play-Doh together and mix it up and then stick it on your shoes. Maybe you can jump really high. I don't yes. know. There were so many movies that I saw. Like we, we've talked about it ad nauseum on here, Tate, about the Space Jam, the opening to Space Jam where the kid's mm-hmm. just like, you know what? I think I'm, I think I can dunk. And then he just jumps up and dunks. And how and many I watched that and I was like, <laughs> I, like, like yeah, I want to dunk. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Uh, Flubber messed me up I, as well. Yeah. I think you and I are like, like a little scarily similar. Yeah. The more I talk to you, the more I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I definitely put stuff on the bottom uh, of my shoes. My shoes. Yeah. yeah, of course. Moon shoes, moon boots. Yeah. Dad, it's not working. What's going on? He's like, God, God damn it. My son is, a, my son is an idiot. He's like, you need to add milk. It's magic. Yeah, milk. Yeah, get to, yeah, you want the spoon milk. to, you want the spoon mark come inside. Right. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'm going to wrap it up. My number five pick is Alan Jackson water skiing in cowboy boots and jeans in the Chattahoochee music video. Um, it is an all-time legendary country music video. I don't even know what that means, it's but I love everything. Song. It's he, such a banger. He wears ripped jeans, a cowboy hat. He's got the gold mullet with the mustache, and then he's water skiing. Tate. And the whole mo- the whole, it's basically just a big flex. It's just Alan Jackson saying, like, I'm great at water skiing. And also, this is a banger song that you're going to be singing for the rest of your life. You're welcome. And that's cool. I've been, that's, listening, 
I've been listening to that song in quarantine weirdly for some reason. That just like all comes back. That's not weird at all to me. It's like 90s country is is my lifeblood. I... I live and breathe 90s country. It's like a language to me. Um, so we got to take I, this offline. We got to. Yeah, we do. Think, we really do. And not many people agree with me. So. Yeah. Well, we're going to, we should do a 90s country uh, uh, draft without Tate. Just me and Yeah, you. I was going to say, gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and bow out of that one. I love um, you. Go down. But, but uh, that's my, hey, before, before we let you go though, Charlotte, you, so you like country music or at mm. least you want to put, you know, some country songs. Yeah. You are big into wrestling. And you, you said you covered NASCAR in Kentucky. How does this happen? How does someone from like where you're from, I just realized that I'm just connecting these dots. Like you, you like all the things that like, like it's not weird for people that Tate and I know to like them, but like someone from your background, that's kind of strange that you would like all yes. that. Yes. Yes. So I'm, <laughs> Yes. it's very perceptive that you picked up on that. I also love dive bars. I'm really into like, figuring out motorboats. I love, um, you know, like whatever this is. I don't know. I, and I think, I think it's a direct, yeah, starter jacket. This, yeah. But like weird stuff from thrift stores. Like, and I think it's actually a, a sort of direct um, backlash to what I grew up with. Like my, my parents aren't huge sports fans. They're very intellectual. They're, my grandfather was an opera composer. Like my mom is, um a, a writer and like just just very um smart level-headed but um not into sort of dirtbag things mm-hmm. and i actually my mom will joke with me because sometimes i'm like i don't like i don't know how this happened i don't like you don't even know what half of the things i like are and she's <laughs> like yeah but you know i i like that you like them so i think it just, <laughs> i think i went hard in the other direction Oh, that's, that, that's, that's a perfectly reasonable answer. It's just like, yeah, I want it to be different I'm wearing yeah. right now, yeah. but like, you yeah. can't tell. <laughs> yeah. I love it so much. And I also love the idea of your parents just like trying to figure out what you're talking about. They're like reading your articles. They're like, so what is this guy? The, the, this is all real or not real. What is this wrestling thing? You're like, it's, it's something mom and dad. It's, just it's it really <laughs> sweet how my mom, like my mom reads the sports section of newspapers now to like, Oh. try to, to to know what's mm, going on mm, and it, it is it's mm. lovely but yeah we're kind of like i don't know how this happened <laughs> uh charlotte we've taken way too much of your time thank you for joining us uh we will see you around when 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 the the everything opens back up we'll see you around the water cooler i guess is how it works yes, even please. though even though you don't live in la but it's a figure i'll be out there that we are now colleagues yeah so yeah. We'll, we'll have to do this again we'll have to come up with a different maybe we do maybe we do 90s country and we make tate like actually have to do a little research for once no i'm serious i will like any time the only song i know is how do you like me now not 90s but that's okay it's, it's a great great effort uh close enough um no seriously thank you guys so much for having me i've loved your show forever and now we work together and i will come back anytime that you need me so (laughs) we'll need you and we will ask you to come back and we appreciate you and uh, yeah it's great to all be colleagues great to all work in the same place it's uh, i know and also like with other really great colleagues like the people we work with now are phenomenal shout out Mm -hmm. louise Kristen, mm-hmm. I mean, I, everybody. It's just, it's, I'm like, this is the best. <laughs> hey, hey, who are these people? Have you met these people? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Shout out to Mike Buckland, Dave. All the Boston <laughs> right, uh, Charlotte, thank you so much. We love you. Uh, we'll do this again soon. Stay safe out there. All right. All right. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. 
quick break to get aware from our sponsor, Dell. Whether you're working remotely, taking web classes, binge watching TV, or gambling, Dell is here to help you find the right tech. From XPS and Alienware computers that are redefining what's possible with 10th gen Intel core processors to the latest top brand electronics, our seamless tech solutions will help keep you connected. Plus, you can get free shipping. Call us today at 800 by Dell, B U Y D E L L. That's 800 B U Y D E L L. Back to the podcast. All right. Thank you to Charlotte for joining us. That was awesome. We're going to have to do that again. Maybe next week. Who knows? There's nothing else to talk about. Seriously. Let's do a, let's no. do a draft of the 2000s. We next. Just do, yeah. We just do 2000s. Then we just, <laughs> we just keep going. We just go to the debt. We do the, tw- we do the, 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 what do you the, expect the, in the 2030s? What the do you 2030s, expect? 2030s. Yes. What is going to happen? And it's just like, yeah. Will the, well, mono, will the monoculture return in the 2030s? My number one pick is Bronny James winning three NBA titles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in Cleveland. What are honorable mentions from uh, from our 90s draft we didn't pick? What, yeah, what so both of us, I think we're very similar when we have these shows where we have themes or topics where we like to go all the way to the, the end of the spectrum and figure out everything that could be in there just so that yeah. uh, we like to see all of the toys we have and then pick what we want to play with, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. So you and I, we're perfect for this. And one of the things that jumps off of me, like Cal Ripken's Iron Man streak. Oh, yes, yes. Like the the end of that, like in like 1999 or whatever. But I think he broke Lou Gehrig's record in '95. But this the, the the every single game with the Orioles was a show because it was like Cal Ripken's gonna. I play. gotta say, I hate that I didn't respect it as much as I should have when I was a kid because I I remember thinking like everybody just, plays. That's, that's just, what I. He's just yeah. playing. Like what's the, like we're celebrating that he's just he's literally like we're celebrating that he just literally goes out and plays. That's it. Exactly. He doesn't do anything when he gets out there. Just that he plays. Yeah. And then as I've gotten older, I'm like, dude, I can't even go to work. <laughs> like, I go to work like six months in a row, and I'm like, oh, give me a vacation. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy's like paying like two, almost 3,000 games straight. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember the yeah. All-Star game. He hit like a home run that year, like after he like it, like was going to retire. He had a home run in the All-Star game. Kyle Ripken was yeah, just one that's of those a great guys pick. in the 90s. Yeah, that goes that's through a great it. Pick. Yeah, what else do you have? Just read through your list. Go ahead. Pete Sampras and Wimbledon against Agassi mm, in 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember them playing against each other, and that was – that was crazy. Chris Weber's travel uh, slash timeout mm. in the 1993 that leads uh, technical foul. Yeah. Technical foul. We do that. Uh, Jurassic Park uh, is another one. Jurassic do- Park was on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Jurassic Park is, is a banger. Uh, do the right thing. Spike Lee's movie. Juice yeah. with Tupac is a great movie for people that haven't seen that. Uh, mm-hmm. Austin Powers. I mean, an unbelievable movie franchise. Yeah, baby. One of the greatest catchphrases of all time. Uh, <laughs> then I wrote down uh, South Park. Family Matters with Urkel. Urkel is one yeah. of my favorite characters. Uh, and then The Matrix was my last one. Matrix is great. Matrix was like, yeah, it, it broke your brain. Uh, it's one of the one of the first movies that ever broke my brain. Yeah, it was like, okay, we need to go to the new century. Because a lot of cool. the a lot of the science fiction movies are like were, were heavily fiction to where yeah. you're like, you're like, all right, like the alien independence day, like aliens aren't gonna who cares? Like, I don't have to worry about that. But yeah. Matrix, I was like, oh shit, what if that is what the world, what if that's actually true? Like, what if that's actually how it works? <laughs> what, if, what if we're all in the matrix? That could be real. Uh, some of mine on my list, uh, I had the single class Indiana State basketball tournament. Ended, <laughs> the last one was 1997. It was the last time they crowned one champion. And then they started going Love to four it. classes. And that's when high school basketball in Indiana started sucking, according to everyone old enough to remember that. Uh, I had Jeff Gordon and the Rainbow Warriors, specifically yeah. when they won the inaugural Brickyard 400. I was a big Jeff Gordon guy. You're obviously a big Dale Earnhardt guy from the South. 
Yeah. Right. I yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, this is the ultimate North Carolina, Indiana battle. Yeah, yeah this it is. is what yeah. It comes down to. yeah. Gordon and the Gordon Earnhardt rivalry was, uh, was hot in the nineties. And I was, and then we all came together to say, Hey, we hate Jimmy Johnson. Right. And then we all, yeah. Yeah. Every, everyone hated Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> People wanted you to like Jimmy Johnson. Cause he was a Gordon teammate and all yeah, that. Yeah. He was I, supposed that to be a new Gordon. Yeah. That made me hate him more. I was like, you're not Jet. He, he, it felt like a Kobe Jordan situation. I was like, this guy's Kobe. He's not Jet. Get him out of here. I'm it was a very A Rod Jeter situation, too, where it was yeah, like, yeah, that's it what it was. Right way, yes, and then yes. it was like the guy that was more talented, maybe, but he was just kind of obnoxious about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're absolutely right. Uh, I had Tony Hawk land in the 900. Uh, I remember when that happened. That was big news in my world. Tony Hawk Pro Skate was on my list as well. Yeah. Yeah. When Tony Hawk landed the 900, then I, I vividly remember there being a skating exhibition at Conseco uh, Field. It was called Conseco Field House at the time in downtown Indianapolis, now Banker's Life. There was a skateboarding exhibition and I went to it. And the whole thing was basically like, Tony Hawk's going to try to land a 900 again. And then he did. And I saw it happen <laughs> in person in Indianapolis. <laughs> This was probably like an 01 or something, but he initially <laughs> landed at like 98 or 99, I want to say. Tony Hawk landed a 900 was like, like it got me all in on skateboarding. Then I bought all the games, but just like the idea that a guy landed a 900, I don't know. It was great branding. I had Miss Cleo. Oh, nice. I, I don't believe in psychics, but mm-hmm. I do believe in Miss Cleo. So mm-hmm. I had that down. And then uh, I had the 1996 US gymnastics team as well. I was a huge fan of them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're in the news right now because the 30 for 30. Uh, a podcast is about like all the there's like some abuses that went on that they're covering that the Larry Nasser was the yeah you know so Athlete obviously a, I think it's on Netflix a documentary about that obviously yeah. not as enjoyable to look back like now that we know that kind of stuff but let's celebrate like the gymnasts themselves because they were awesome and the Dominiques were I mean, like Carrie Strug hits the hits the mm-hmm. vault landing are you kidding me one on of the greatest foot, right yeah one of the greatest Olympic moments of all time. It was unbelievable. I was, I was all, that was the first, like the dream. I remember watching the dream team and loving the dream team. Yeah. I was, I was like five years old. Uh, I remember like being into it, but the, the, the 1996 U S gymnastics team was the first time I was like very, very patriotic about mm-hmm. the Olympics. I was watching the 96 Olympics team. The, my sister loved Dominic Mucciano. I love Dominic Dawes. So we always fought about who was the better Dominique. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, and it's I, in Atlanta, you know. It was Atlanta. Yeah, it was just like full on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, anyway, all right, moving on. Let's uh, shout outs, closeouts. What else we got? Uh, shout out to Harry Gagnon, and for people that don't know, he goes by AAO Harry. That is against all odds, Harry. Uh, that is a podcast I used to produce. He is a character that you and I both adore. He is uh, celebrating a birthday today. He is one of the best gambling analysts in the world, um, and I say that. It, genuinely because i don't know that many gambling analysts that are in the yeah. world harry harry covers the world like he bets on everything all he over bets the on world yeah. malaysian golf events whatever you think of harry bets on it and uh he's a great friend of ours and i want to give him a i'm hat. not <laughs> i'm not big in the gambling world but uh, i get the sense that a lot of people that are quote gambling guys like mm-hmm. just kind of learn how to gamble like three or four years ago and they bet on the super bowl and or they, they'll bet on the coin toss on the super bowl and they're like yeah i'm such a degenerate i bet heads <laughs> i put three units on heads oh my god um harry's a legit degenerate like that yes, guy yes, will yes, bet yes. on like like he used to he used to set the odds yeah. i mean he used to be an odds maker in yeah. Vegas. like he got yeah. kicked out of a casino like you like on some you know some yeah stuff. harry was actually being the good guy harry is one of the greatest guys around and if you don't follow him on twitter at AO Harry. He wants the follows. Give him the follows. Shout out to Harry. Uh, shout out to Jonathan Kaminga, who uh, d- decided, as expected, your mm-hmm. two favorite words in journalism, yeah. as expected, he is going to the G League, taking a $500,000 salary. Uh, so here's your number one recruit update, Tate. Here, here's where all the number one recruits, as the dust is settling a little bit, here's where we stand with the number one recruits in the country. Cade Cunningham, number one recruit, is staying at Oklahoma State. 
Uh, Jalen Green, also number one recruit in the country. Uh, he's going to the G League. Amani Bates, as we know, number one recruit in the country, just committed to Michigan State. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, number one recruit in the country, is going to the G League now. And then Chet Holmgren is the number one recruit in the country, and he is currently undecided. But he has his final seven, and North Carolina and Ohio State are both in the final seven. So that's going to be fascinating to see what happens there. I can't wait to see. Is, is another guy going to be thrown into this mix as number one recruit in the country? Who knows? Yeah, it's the guy that it's the five star that hasn't committed yet. Uh, mm-hmm. When this whole cycle comes to an end in 2020, that will be the guy that is officially the number one in the class. And then, <laughs> and, and if you point to it, I mean, that's the that's the problem. So you've you've talked about it before. I mean, you figured it out. You have to mm-hmm. wait it out to really get the love and the adoration that you want. Um, it's what Andrew Wiggins did. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people in 2013, they're like, "Who is the best guy in the class?" Then all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh, this guy, this kid Wiggins, right? This is the yeah. guy." Then the steam picks up. Then you commit over the summer. Then everyone loves you. I think Kaminga was going to go G League uh, regardless. regardless. Some Texas yeah. Tech fans were crossing their fingers and hoping. Um, Texas Tech has a pretty stacked roster, by the way, heading into this next season, which is going to happen. Positive vibes only. <laughs> knock on wood. Um, they were they were kind of hopeful, but I think he was going to G League anyway. But even if he, even if you know the world was normal, I, I, and I think he's going to G League. Given the state of the world, I wouldn't fault any guy for you know we're very much college basketball guys. Um, I would say, like, if it was me, I would go to the G. I would take the, any kind of money you can get right now because I don't – you have no idea if a season's going to be played. But if someone's going to give you a signing bonus, take it, right? That's yeah, and, move. I yeah. mean, Mark Titus, we have to be honest here. Like, we don't even know if there's – like, the NBA – like, who knows? The, the future is always up, hold and, on. up in the air. Hold on. This is going to sound like I'm being negative, but I swear it's positive. Keep it positive. Keep it what positive. if the season's canceled, the college basketball season's canceled? Obviously bad. But here's the, the positive spin is that – we then start the new Cade Cunningham, what is he going to do discussion. And we have a new number, a number one recruit is back on the market of like, mm-hmm. is he going to go to the G league or is he going to stay at Oklahoma state for a second season? Or is he going to go to Australia? We get We get to figure out what he's going to do. What is he, mm-hmm. what is Cade Cunningham going to do at that point? If the, if, if they come out and say the season's canceled. So he's going to stay at Oklahoma state. And uh, gonna, like I talked to my coaches. They said yeah. I can do whatever I wanted to, but yeah. I don't know. I just love Oklahoma state. But we're going to get another headline. That's like number one recruit in the country. Cade Cunningham. <laughs> Here's this decision. And you're like, it, what? They used to be more specific where it was like number one at his position, but now they're so lazy on the rankings and the rate, the rankings fluctuate so much. And everyone knows there's not like one definitive set of rankings that you can just get away with it. And yeah. who's going to click on the number two player yeah no one wants nobody. to see number two nobody <laughs> no nobody <laughs> never no who cares boring boring yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh speaking of the opposite of boring uh shout out to Montrez harrell who is in the bubble right now and apparently this is a report that came out Montrez harrell said he's using his free time in orlando to work on his brand and his two mm. clothing lines underdog <laughs> and out of world um and I just want to say, like, I've seen a lot of people, like you said, chugging beers and doing all these other things. Why don't you get to work? Montrez Harrell's out here building a brand, building <laughs> fashion lines, and also going to practice and doing all this, all this other stuff. So uh, I just want to shout out. So uh, you're, you're calling out me and my brethren who have shotgun beers? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah I'm upset. I'm, go make a clothing line. <laughs> get a job. <laughs> get off the go couch. Do some designing. And do <laughs> now I see why you're confused uh, with the masculinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Some more bubble watch uh, uh, bullet points here. There, there have now apparently been a few calls on this snitch hotline. That's mm-hmm. worth bringing up. The uh, NBA has now sent a memo to teams reminding them that unauthorized outsiders are prohibited from entering the bubble. So I think uh, that is – we're going to do positive vibes only. Thank, mm-hmm. thank, God, thank God that they're uh, getting out ahead of this and, and squashing this early and definitely not that – 
they have to remind their players not to bring people from the outside like five days into this. CJ McCollum decorated Dame Lillard's room for his 30th birthday. And then the NBA reposted the picture and blurred out the part that said presidential suite because they don't want anybody to know that all the superstars are getting superstar treatment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, James Harden is now in the bubble officially. Zion Williamson is now out of the bubble because he's going to attend a family thing, a family emergency. Um, and the NBA Michael is, Beasley also out of the bubble. Yeah, Michael Beasley also out of the bubble. Uh, the NBA is already setting up, laying the groundwork for special circumstances for Zion when he comes back. I saw that they're already like, we're going to have to – you know, uh, the quarantine protocol might be a little different for him because it's an excused absence versus an unexcused uh, strain off campus. Again, coronavirus yeah. does not care whether the absence yeah, was right. or not. Right. We have to point that out. I, I do love this idea that, like, you got a guy like Rashawn Holmes who who wanders off campus, right? And so now he has to be quarantined. This is a guy who, like, couldn't even – he was told, like, you can go anywhere you want on this campus. Do anything you want on this campus. Just do not walk over that line. That's all we ask. But go anywhere. Go bass fishing, shotgun beers. Do whatever you want. Just don't walk over that line, please. And he's like, I'm going to go ahead and walk over that line for delivery food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then now his punishment is, okay, since you did that, we have to throw you in your hotel room. You can't leave your hotel room for any reason. Mm-hmm. And that'll fix everything. And he's definitely not going to leave his hotel room because positive vibes only. This quarantine is definitely going to work. And a guy who was willing to walk off campus for delivery food is definitely going to stay in his hotel room for 10 days. A hundred percent going to stay in his hotel room because he's learned his lesson. And that's all we care about. The one thing that I have <laughs> seen, uh, Austin Rivers, uh, you know, a guy that, you know, I have my opinions on as a fan, but as a viewer of his IG live, he's been great as far as giving us what's going on. And one of my favorite things is that he was, you know, teasing a security guard, like, you can't stop me, you know, like, I, like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel like that is where it's going to get to where it's like, are we going to have to like have guards like watching the rooms? Cause this is getting way too close to like, yeah, this is not good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so like you said, we're five days. I'm not in, touching vibes like, only. It's guys like leaning over the line. They're like, I'm not over the line. Yeah, I'm, yeah, not exactly. over, I'm not touching you. I'm not they touching you. Quite literally <laughs> towing the line and uh, trying to see what happens. And I don't know, like, like we've talked about a million times, oh, there is no bubble and you can go where you want to go. Uh, if you set your mind to it, you just have to be quarantined for 10 days after the fact, unless your name is Zion Williams. Um, speaking of basketball and bubbles and quarantines and all that stuff, the TBT bubble seemed to have worked. It seemed to, they, they crowned a champion. Uh, the Marquette alumni team, uh, one on a Travis Diener three-pointer. They won TBT. Uh, they beat the the team that was raising money for cancer. So congratulations, Marquette. Really proud of you guys. Mm. You took money out of uh, the cancer research. Uh, you took money away from cancer research. So uh, I hope you're, I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it, Travis, sitting that shot. Um, good for you guys, I guess. <laughs> I will say in a, in a year of Marquette basketball turning against us and, and trying to bring the heat and getting upset yeah. that we did not respect Marcus Howard scoring enough. Um, I am happy that someone I do respect scoring Travis Diener was able to deliver for the Marquette fans because yeah. he's the best. I mean, if you don't remember Travis Diener's run to the final four with Dwayne Wade, you don't know basketball. Uh, he you was, don't know Travis Diener. He was the Jerry McNamara to Dwayne Wade in the same year. It was the it was, it was Jerry McNamara and yeah. Carmelo Anthony versus Travis. He was thirty four too, right? You're yeah, he's your number. Yeah, he was thirty four. Yeah, yeah, and he was uh yeah I, that that I was hoping that they would uh, meet in the national title game, but they got absolutely stomped. Well, <laughs> we both know this. There, there's two types of teams that get to the final four: teams that have won the championship by going to the final four, and yes. teams that go to the final four to win the championship. And, yes. Uh, yeah. That, yes. that's and they were they were down like a, they were down to lose they were, tom they were crane all... spent the entire week like i have no idea how this happened but yeah do you God damn it, i'm never gonna stop talking about dwayne wade doing this for me because this was unbelievable that he brought me here <laughs> he just kept saying can you believe this <laughs> can you believe this 
<laughs> uh, what else we got? No, man, that's so good. I wanted to shout out to Drew Holiday. Uh, this was like another thing out of the bubble. They announced, uh, he announced that he and his wife, Lauren, are donating game checks uh, for the remainder of the regular season worth up to $5.3 million to a variety mm-hmm. of charities across the country. We were talking about, you know, being active, keeping, you know, the momentum mm-hmm. going, keeping a movement going. Drew Holiday, putting his money where his mouth is, doing this. This is great to see. Can I just say Lauren Holiday, not just Drew Holiday's wife, uh, a legend in her own right. Yeah, true. Uh, Lauren, formerly known as Lauren Cheney, uh, went to Ben Davis High School, same class as me, right next to Ben wow. Davis High School is right next to Brownsburg High School, Tate. The, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, we grew up right next to each other, like the town, the town over. Uh, she played, I remember she played high school soccer game at my high school against all like the, the girls I was friends with in, in my class. And they, they, that was the one women, the one girls soccer game I ever went to in high school was, was her. Cause they were like, yeah, the, the number one player in the country. She was the number one recruit in the country. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which looking back, was she actually, was she one of 12 number one? I don't know. But um, <laughs> she came to the, they, they played at Brownsburg and I will never forget her like getting the ball. Like she's playing defense on like a corner kick. She gets the ball. She basically just goes coast to coast and is just elbowing all of my friends out of the basically all these girls that I go to school with just out of the way. It's just absolutely <laughs> manhandled. Just, just just absolutely dominates them and, and shoots a piss missile into the top, the upper ninety. And I was just I was absolutely stunned. I was like, whatever th- this woman does for the rest of her life, I'm locked in and I'm a fan of hers because what I just saw was unbelievable. And guess what? She's still delivering. And she's still delivering. Twenty twenty. World Cups and Olympic gold medals. And, and being yeah, a charitable, so. great person. Like, yeah. Uh, I want to shout out the NABC is proposing that the SAT and the ACT are no longer used in enrollment qualification standards for college basketball players, Tate. So uh, the reason this is noteworthy is because you and I have been, I mean, it's noteworthy on its own, but particularly noteworthy to us. We've been talking about doing shows where we revisit scandals and we've been trying to figure out which ones to do uh, that would be interesting to look back on and kind of frame them as, you know, in the modern times. And, uh, and when you think of, when you think of the SAT and you think of college basketball, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's only one player that comes to mind in America. Everyone knows the story. Everyone heard some variation of the story. Everyone heard their own rumor mill as to how it all came about. The only person that really knows this is Derek Rose mm-hmm. and John Calipari at the end of the day, probably. But the, the, the SAT drama, the, the conversation, the rumor mill, like I said, all that surrounded a standardized test. And, you know, people were talking about, is Derrick Rose eligible? Should he be able to play at Memphis? All these sorts of things. And with this rule coming in, that case becomes even more relevant today. And uh, we want to go back and see what was going on. Yeah, it's laying the groundwork. I mean, assuming this passes, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. They, 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 their argument is that there are some racial biases and how it's, it's built. Yeah. And I'm not smart enough to understand how or why. Like, I'll, I'll defer to, the, to whoever. So I don't really know what's going to come out of all this, whether they're going to be successful in their pursuit or not. But assuming they are, and the ACT and the SAT are no longer uh, necessary for college basketball player, college basketball recruits to become eligible. Um, yeah, we'll have a new scandal on our on our hands, Tate, that will be basically deemed like ir- irrelevant in the and you know they were they were punished for something that is now legal, which mm-hmm. is not taking your SAT. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, who knows what the revisionist history is where it's yeah. like they go back to 08 and they say, now that this is the rule, maybe we don't take that banner away. I don't know how that works, but maybe it works. I mean, I doubt it, but who knows? Should we do the Derrick Rose show? Should we do a Derrick Rose show next week? I'm down. Let's do it. Should we just do it on Monday and just just go full in and say, this is our first scandal storyline? Should we try it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's I don't do know it. if we do a full show, but like we could, well, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's all right. We'll, we'll do a, we'll do a pre-promotion. Yeah. We're going to your teaser. Yeah. There's a teaser. <laughs> 
next week we're going to do a show where we're going to Tate and I are going to spend the next few days and read everything there is to read about, you know, refresh our memories on, on what happened with the Derrick Rose scandal and pretend like it happened now. Pretend like that scandal is happening right now. Mm-hmm. What would our reaction be? How serious is this? Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. I don't know. Hopefully, yeah, and I feel like Derek's story, right? Like it just sort of has gotten lost in the fact that, like that 2008 draft. I, I've just been going back to it because Beasley's in that draft, and you know Derek's in that draft, and Westbrook's in that draft, OJ Mayo's in that draft. The top five is Kevin Love, OJ Mayo, Russell. West. I mean, like the the talent that's in was that Harden draft. in that draft or is he 09? He's 09. He's the year he's after, 09. but that's yeah, Steph yeah. Curry and all those that's guys. Steph Curry, yeah, 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 which Blake is another crazy. Griffin, good yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh. Man. Let's get lot, into it. I want to get back in that era. Yeah, I want to get lot that. Of, a lot of good basketball players out there, folks, man. <laughs> you, you seeing these guys? My head's spinning. <laughs> uh, my final shout-out. Shout-out to uh, Dublin, Ohio, hosting the Memorial. Tiger Woods is back. He, he's having a little difficult. He's a little rusty uh, mm-hmm. his, his round today. I think he last that I checked, he was like even as, mm-hmm. as of this recording So in his first round. So he, he's going to be in the hunt. The leader, the leader, Gary Woodman, was like minus six or something like that. So Tiger will be all right. He'll 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 – He'll be still. You still have to answer to Tiger mm-hmm. at the at Muirfield Village, and then also I want to shout out Andy Samberg. I watched Palm Springs on Hulu. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. It was it was a great movie. Um, and then I realized I, I started racking my brain, Tate, and I realized this pandemic hits as Andy Samberg's putting out a movie, and it makes perfect sense because this man cannot catch a break with movies that he's in. Are you aware that like no movie he's ever made or been a star of, except for animated movies? Uh, has made money. There, like Hot Rod was a financial disaster, mm-hmm. but it was amazing. I didn't know that. It was like yeah. a cult classic. Mm-hmm. The same with Popstar. One of the funniest movies I've. Popstar is amazing. One Palm of the funniest movies amazing. I've ever I seen. I watch it as well. I mean, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Popstar made no money whatsoever. Um, but is anybody who's seen it is like, yeah, that was that was that blew me out of the water. My expectations going in that thing, hilarious. Uh, and then Palm Springs now, of course, like the guy, you know, has a good movie. He's going to put it out in the theaters and then the pandemic hits and now he has to sell it to Hulu and they're probably not going to make that much money back. I'm just rooting for Andy Samberg to to start a movie that makes money uh, because I think the guy is super talented and I love everything he does. And uh, it really just breaks my heart that like, I mean, he's rich as shit because he was in like the Hotel Transylvania movies with Adam Sandler. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, he's doing I mean, five or He's done the like, HBO like yeah, mockumentaries. Yeah. Like he's got that deal going. I mean, yeah. he's definitely done well. But when I think of Andy Samberg, I think of Akiva and Yorma and and Andy, obviously, and the Lonely Island and that whole group. And like, like Keeve directed Hot Rod. You know, I mean, like yeah. they have such a great creative dynamic between all of them, and they've always been very funny. They've always like towed the line, pushed the line, whatever you want to say. I mean, the SNL digital shorts, like Chris Parnell's. I mean. That first SNL digital short that I ever watched, like Lazy Sunday, was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And Andy Samberg was a part of all that. And it, it, it sucks that SNL guys are like that. When they're there, we're yeah, all yeah. assholes to them, and we think they're not talented, and then they go and do amazing stuff. And we reflect back, and we're like, man, this is so good. I just, I just want Andy Samberg to be loved by the box office. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Let, let commercial like, America guy, love him. The guy yeah. is like 10 million times more talented than I am. So I look at him, and I'm like, all right, if he's not bringing in money – then what chance do I have? No, world? I mean, it's, it's like, it's like Brooklyn nine, nine. It's the same yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. Brooklyn nine, nine is the same thing. Like the ratings aren't great, but everybody who watches it is like, yeah, loves it. They're like, how do you not yeah. love the show? Like these are the best characters on TV. What is it about Andy? Is it his face? Cause like when he does animated movies, they do well. I'm telling you, I think people just people, once people get their first impression of you, they just don't change. I mean, it's my yeah. whole life. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm never going to change people's impressions of me and I've given up on it. Like who cares? Like, what can you do? That's what Andy uh, Samberg said. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make a movie about the multiverse 
and have a lot of fun in Palm Springs. And anyone that's been in Palm Springs, you do feel like you're in the multiverse. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's a, a perfect, it's a it's perfect, perfect. Pan, it's yeah. a perfect pandemic movie. Cause it is, there's it really a lot is. of, you know, like the groundhog day field living the same day a million times, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but it was like a fun version of that, you know, like it was a I wish, movie. I wish that was my version of the pandemic. That would be. A yeah. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything else, Tate? Is that it? No, I think that's it. I that's think we it. did uh, it. My last plug, uh, the Big Brain Book Club is taking off on Instagram. Uh, I, I, if you want to be a part, we are reading A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking. At uh, MarkTheShark34 is my Instagram handle. It's We're going to start on July 26th. We're going to do them on Sunday nights. They're going to be Instagram lives. Uh, basically, we're just going to read this book by Stephen Hawking and have our brains melted. And then we're all going to try to get together on Instagram and talk through it and be like, what did we just read? That's that's the whole point, Tate. Is I love it. You're talking about the pandemic and just like living the same day over. I wanted to shake it up. I was like, we got to learn something. Mm-hmm. I'm doing I'm doing the thing that I called out all the NBA players where you're like pretending to be smart and pretending to learn a skill <laughs> and all that stuff. That's pretty much what I'm doing. That's no, but that was, mean, that was projection. Any any time that you can, uh, I remember uh, what was the movie uh, Network? I think uh, where they talk about like three percent of the population reads actually reads books, and this is in 1976 or something like that. <laughs> and so in 1976, three percent of the population reads books. Couldn't you can only imagine what they do? You know, in 2020, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would guess less than three percent. So the fact that you're trying to normalize and bring back reading in a book club, yeah. Um, I'm all about it. I'm trying to get people, not, and by people, I mean myself. I just want, uh, I, I, I want a book that I, I don't completely understand. And then maybe we all get together and we talk through it. So it, we're, we're calling ourselves the Big Brain Book Club. Um, and if you're a moron, please do not join. Big brains only. That is my only rule. No idiots, no stupid people. I think uh, that you, you, you should make sure it's like a big baller brand, but it's like, I should, it's yeah, like the BBBC? three Bs and then you just have a small C. A C. Yeah, Big Brain Book Club. Yeah, BBBC. Why not? Yeah. Let's do it. That's it. That's yeah, uh, so yeah, you can you can check that out if you're bored. If you if you feel like you've been living in Groundhog's Day and you need something to shake it up, uh, you're you're welcome to join. But only if you have a big brain. If you're an idiot, uh, I'm sorry. Maybe find another We're book sorry. club. But uh, yeah, at Mark the Shark 34 on Instagram, we'll get that done. Uh, thank you to Charlotte Wilder for joining us. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show as much as we did. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week with some Derek Rose content.